0: You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. There was no common gathering place for faith and for life. So what then would be at the center of their lives? Would Peter's listeners put the empire at the center? Would they build their lives on the reputations that they have in the eyes of the world around them? Peter is concerned that Christians will drift away from the message of Jesus in this strange land. And so he writes to encourage them to keep their faith under pressure. And that's why Peter uses a lot of stone imagery in our reading. He wants to make sure that Christians are building on the right foundation, keeping Christ as the cornerstone. But it's true that even for us today, we try to set other things as the cornerstones of our lives. We base and build our reputations around the health of our relationships, the size of our salaries, the power and respect of our positions, the number of eyes on our accomplishments. We place for ourselves these stones that we think will become the foundation of our lives, but we know what happens when we try to build our hopes on these stones. They turn out to be nothing more than dead idols. In Peter's words, these Jenga pieces are not living stones, they are lifeless stones. And in verse 8, Peter even says that they are stumbling stones, stumbling in that they influence us and they influence others. One of the Reformed confessions that guides our mission here at Trinity defines an idol as anything in which we trust in place of or alongside of the only true God. In place of or alongside of. What a warning, right? That any stone that we trust in place of or alongside of Christ, whether a pebble or a boulder, can be nothing more than a lifeless idol. Those who know me know that I love, 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 love my car. My car. Um, a, just a really just a delightful vehicle for me. And this summer, this summer, I walked out to the tip parking lot after a very long day of work. And I had seen, to my horror, that a crack had started to form across half of my windshield. And that was there uh, when this happened. And I was very, very upset. And when, when I squinted, when I squinted, I was so, I was like, how did this happen? I felt like, anyways, I thought a student might have done it. Anyway, but it did not. When I squinted, I noticed that it was a pebble. Barely noticeable to the eye that had caused the crack. And then over the week, right, the crack, it started to grow. It started to take over my windshield. Isn't it true that it can just be the smallest pebbles that cause the largest cracks in our spiritual foundations? So here then, the good news that Peter shares with us in verses 4 and 5. He says, and you can follow along, As you come to him, the living stone, Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's listen how that starts, as you come to him. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that word, it's the same phrasing used when the high priest approached God in the tabernacle to offer sacrifices. And notice that Peter says now, when you come, Not, not if you come. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, his death on a cross, we can now come to God with full access. And Peter continues in verses 6-8 by quoting three Old Testament passages. We heard them read to show that we do not come to a physical temple made out of lifeless stones. Instead, we come to the risen Jesus, the living, big-ass stone. This is a new way to approach God. And this is not just any stone, right? Using a psalm, Peter says in verse 7 that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone of this new spiritual temple. And in Peter's world, cornerstones were crucial pieces for ancient architecture. Because the cornerstone, it would have been the first stone placed. And all the walls were built around it, and all the plumbing would have flowed from it. And so the cornerstone, it had to be perfectly square, it had to be perfectly level. The cornerstone needed to be a trustworthy, durable source of measurement. It could not be a stumbling block that leads construction projects astray. And so it's strange, right, that Peter says that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone because it would have been so impractical, even foolish, to use a rejected stone for such an important role. But that's right there, the upside-down logic of life in Christ's kingdom that Peter is trying to show us. In a a culture that obsessed over honor and shame, Peter's listeners would have cared more about the reputation of the stones. They placed more value in what others were saying. But Peter writes that what matters is the value that God chooses to place. This father who says, this is my beloved son, assigns a new sense of worth and reputation to Jesus. It doesn't matter now that this cornerstone was, was rejected by humans. What matters is that he was chosen by God. In the forces of Rome, they might have said something different about Jesus, this Christ whose name brought persecution and suffering to his followers. But Peter invites his listeners to build their lives around this new spiritual temple that is laid on Christ, for there is no other way to come to God but through Jesus. So we ask then, which Jesus are we coming to? I find it strange that Peter wants us to come to something, or more specifically, someone, that public opinion has rejected. You see, the Roman Empire right ruined Jesus' reputation. And our American culture today often wants us to view Jesus and his church as an irrelevant, crumbling remnant of the past. Peter's listeners would have been thinking that just associating themselves with the name of Jesus would get them into trouble or even killed. And the world today still tells us to run away from associating ourselves with persons with ruined reputations. So Peter makes us confront this reality, and he asks us, which Jesus are we setting as the cornerstone of our lives? The easy-to-swallow Jesus or the rejected Jesus? Because we want to plumb our lives to Jesus, the cornerstone, but it's not just a Jesus that we get to define on our own terms, where we chisel away the parts we don't want to see and polish the parts that we do. Because if that's all we're doing, then we're just carving cornerstones for ourselves, putting the wrong things on these pedestals. And then when we try to build on these wrong things, it turns out to be made of uneven, lifeless stones that crumble. And so more broadly then, I wonder, which Jesus are we setting as the cornerstone of our community at Trinity? I've shared with our campus ministry staff and student leaders that I'm particularly animated this year by a vision of all of Jesus for all of campus. All of Jesus for all of campus. That means all of Jesus, not part of Jesus. Not just the part of Jesus that makes us look good and feel good. Not just the part of Jesus that helps boost our numbers. We are called Christians at a Christian college, daring to take the name of Christ and carry it fully into the world without shame or stumbling, without adding to the gospel or chipping away things from it. Because I believe that Trinity is better with Jesus at the center. Your year is better with Jesus at the center. Your work is better with Jesus at the center. Your life is better with Jesus at the center. So what if we tried that? Let's choose to place at the center of our year at Trinity not a fading hope that comes from lifeless stones, but a living hope that comes from the living stone. What might people say about us? Will we be known for keeping the wrong things at the center, the things we make for ourselves? the lifeless stumbling stones of dean's lists, tenure tracks, equity initiatives, conference championships? Or will we dare to proclaim the Christ who died, who rose to life, and who reigns in heaven? And when we care more about what people think about our media day photos or our awards and accomplishments, we've missed what it means to follow Jesus into even what the world sees as obscurity or foolishness. And while others might see Jesus as a stumbling block, a person who holds us back from looking like what we're supposed to, we know that following Jesus is far from foolish. We'll continue to unpack these ideas this semester in chapel. Um, Our series, as you see, is entitled Stories Matter. And starting on Tuesday, we'll be going through Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and we'll be centering on God by starting at the beginning. And we'll go through the whole book, well, as much as we can, and we'll, we'll open up these stories of how God has been faithful to his people from generation to generation. And we will find, hopefully, that centering our stories around God's story, keeping Christ as the cornerstone, that transforms how we think about and how we tell our stories. So this year, let's start with Jesus, the living stone. Let's place Jesus as the first thing, and let us keep him in all things we do this year. Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 6.33 that when you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, all other things will be given to you as well. This is the good news. It is good news that you do not have to carry the weight of your reputations. If you are tired of chiseling your own cornerstones of laying your worth in what others think about you, of playing this jenga game, of sacrificing your energy on an altar of lifeless stones. Come to Jesus, who promises to be a firm and trustworthy foundation for your life. This Jesus invites us to put our faith in him with the assurance that Christ alone is enough to support our lives and lead us into a life of glory, a glory that never fades, never crumbles. And never fails. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, like God's people say. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about Campus Ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.